seeing as we're living in the Ice Age currently, we're talking hockey in today's show. From college power rankings to trade deadline deals, women's hockey, and much more. Today, I have with me producer Parker. Hello. As well as Jim. Ew. And Jess in studio. Hello. And on the lines, we have Long Island Gino. Hello. Uh, Canadian friend Penny. Hello. And no Twitter Dylan from the land of chicken wings and no postseason rings. How's it going? All right, so to get into today's show, we're going to start with the NHL, and of course, there's no better place to start than what we just witnessed at the All-Star game, uh, that being the NHL tracking the puck and players. Uh, what did you guys all think about this? Parker, any thoughts? I thought I was going to get an aneurysm looking at it. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, right? It, it was dizzying to look at. It was just too many names on there, and it was kind of hard to keep track of all of it. I think somebody said at some point there was like 24 names on the screen at once, which mm-hmm. is just absurd. Yeah, I saw that too. I, I guess in theory, like, for games, this could work, but I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't really see the point, because generally you could just tell who the player is by the, their number, or if they're uh, going forward, you could see the name on the back of the jersey. So I think it's kind of unnecessary. Right, I mean, I understand why they did it for the All-Star game. You know, there's a bunch of guys who wear different numbers, and some of them, like, wear the same one, obviously. I think Malkin and Larkin are two that come to mind. But, I mean, for a regular NHL game, if you're a fan, or even just a casual fan, you should basically know the stars. <laughs> I mean, other than that, what, what else do they track? Is it just the player names and numbers? Um, player names and numbers, you know, obviously nice. with the puck speed. Uh, I think it has their position, too. Yeah. Like skate speed, I, I noticed when they were doing the uh, the fastest skater, uh, they were tracking how fast they were going. Um, I mean, it, it it's it's an idea. I, I think it could work. Um, even possibly to get new fans into the game. With you know, regardless, I've never watched a game. Whatever, I have no idea who who this is. I, I think with the name plates and yeah, that would be a good idea. But some people say they don't know where the puck is half the time. So what they were doing with the the puck trail, I don't know if you saw that. Right. Um, I mean, that could be an idea, but... Well, one thing that comes to mind for me, this could really be beneficial down the line for the Olympics, because I think of a lot of the countries like uh, like Latvia and Kazakhstan, places like that that don't really have big-name NHLers, you could potentially, if the uh, NHL can get broadcasting rights, do that. I think that'd be kind of cool. If you just roll like one line, maybe, maybe get some more recognition for the uh, new players, you know? Uh, you made a good point about the fastest skater, too. Speaking about that, how about uh, Ken LaCoy and Schofield? She was... She surprised a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I mean, of course, the uh, she made her broadcasting debut alongside Doc and Edzo, which I, I think a lot of people thought that went really well. Uh, any thoughts on that? Anybody? Um, I Yeah. I even... I didn't really pay attention too much for the All-Star game, um, but the Wednesday after when Pittsburgh played Tampa... She was one of the commentators, and, I mean, she did very well that, that day, too. So, um, yeah. hey, she's, she's getting, I mean, well, breaking she, barriers, really. She said, uh, she was just recently on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, and she was talking about um, how she has, a, I believe, like a, either a broadcasting or journalism degree um, from her college, and uh, good for her. Like, this could just be the start of hopefully more. I thought she had a great radio presence. I thought she was better than Pierre. I mean... Yeah, Pierre at times was just making it awkward. slightly awkward. Yeah. I guess it was all in good fun. Apparently they know each other, but, you know, it was a cool thing to see. Another uh, notable Team USA uh, player for the women's hockey that made her sort of 
uh, NHL Ice debut was, uh, I believe, Brianna Decker. Um, she actually ended up being the uh, skills like teacher for the passing contest or whatever that Leon Draisaitl ended up winning. She actually would have won it with hers. She and, did win it. Yeah. Yeah, but and, NHL just didn't give her credit. Right. CCM, however, stepped in. Great job by CCM to step in and give her the 25000 Um And, I mean, you take a look at like how she played. Like People make the argument that they're not sure if they can play. I, I guarantee you... I, I hope in the next couple of decades we will see a couple of women ice hockey players because you can see they have the talent, like it's it's there, you know. Um, aside from that, I mean, it, it was a pretty big week, obviously, with the All Star game as well. Uh, how do you guys think the All Star game went? Good. I think it went I, pretty well. I mean, you know, highly good game. I I, I didn't see much of the Central and Pacific. Yeah. Um, but the the Metro game that was. That was entertaining to watch. I think uh, uh, Latang, Crosby, and, and Barzal um, could could be a you know a stellar line. Absolutely you know, not. We are not having this discussion. <laughs> I, I mean, Gino's going to say no, but you know, it could happen. Uh, It'll never happen. I think honestly, like you got to see some of the younger players in the league too, kind of display. Like Matt Barzell, I had no idea he was that quick. Like he's got that deceptive quickness to him. That- oh yeah, no, he's like. Honestly, one of the fastest skaters I've ever seen in the league. I mean, and I think a lot of people got to see, like, Miro Heiskanen. Like, he... I, I know the Stars are kind of one of those teams that fly under the radar. He looks like he's, like, a pro already. This is his first year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in the Calder conversation at the very least. How old is he, 19? Uh, yeah, he's, like, the second youngest defenseman, I think, to make his debut or something like that. Yeah, he's really young. Like 18 or 19, I believe, yeah. Like just just his first shift of his first game was. Heiskanen's nineteen, Dalin's eighteen. Yeah, two very young defensemen. I mean, like honestly, it's it's a much smaller game now, and you can see like the rookies jumping right in. Futures here. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, and I mean, uh, like a lot of guys that don't get a lot of press. Like, like, I will say, for all that went on with John Tavares during this offseason, prior to this, because of where he was, no offense, Gino, with uh, the the Islanders Mm -hmm. are really a big market team per se right now, at least. And I think you got to see what he can do, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're not market at all yet. You know, and and that's the thing. That's what the All-Star game is meant for. And uh, I guess it's a successful thing. Hopefully they make the Olympics, what's the 2021, I believe. And it'd be nice to see the World Cup of Hockey come back. But uh, this is the start. Definitely one of the better All-Star games in recent memory. Um, I don't know, man. The John Scott one has to be the best, at least for me. I don't. Does that one even count? Like that? It was good, but it was, you know, it was full of memes. It, it, it was. A, it was a great story, and for that, I enjoyed it. Hey, what does everybody here think of that? Uh, the new PK Subban show on the uh, what is it like the after the game? I, I missed it. I didn't. I forgot about it, but I heard it was very, very entertaining. I have no yeah. idea what this is. It's uh, he's so I don't know what the thing is. Like I guess. Like, a couple months ago or something, he was interviewed, and they asked him if he'd consider a broadcasting career afterward. And now, all of a sudden, he's got, like, this after-the-game show. Like, he actually has, like, a Jimmy Fallon-esque, like, setup where he's got a suit on, and he's at, like, a desk, and he's talking about what happened in hockey. It's really kind of cool. I mean, I don't, I haven't watched the full episode yet, but it looks neat. I mean, we, we caught bits and pieces of it when we were out to eat the other night, and, it, I mean, the show started with uh, Jay Leno staring, him in, staring at him in the face. And it, it kind of just confused me from there. <laughs> so it was like, why is Subban even on TV other than hockey? But, uh, you know, more power to him. He's the cover star for NHL, so. It, it's definitely a little weird to see, like, a, 
a hockey player in the spotlight for sure. You don't see that very often. I mean, the last thing I could think of was, uh, I think Wayne Gretzky was in a Nickelback music video for Rockstar. So, we, we don't talk about that. Is he really? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I have no pretty, idea. <laughs> look it up. Um, I guess the big hockey news this week, of course, was the two big deals, uh, pre-deadline deals, if you will. We always get one of those. Uh, Jake Muzzin um, going to the Maple Leafs for a first-round pick. Carl Grundstrom and, uh, I believe, unsigned for agent Sean Dursey. Uh, anybody have thoughts on that, Penny? I know you're a Leafs fan. Any thoughts? Um, I'm kind of proud of that. I mean, like, I feel like the Leafs could use a new D-man to shake things up. As you saw, we just lost to the Wings, which isn't ideal. Yeah. And then come playoffs, I feel like he'd be a good fit because he already has two cups under his belt. Uh, he's definitely one of those underrated defensemen. I know there was a joke going around. I've seen Gino uh, acknowledge it that now that he's on the Leafs, he's a top five defenseman in the league. I wouldn't go that far, but he's definitely one of the more solid all-around guys. Also, he was a—I don't know if he was a draft pick or a player with the Penguins. Um, we didn't sign him, I believe, but he was like a draft pick at some point. And uh, he also was apparently signed to a tryout with the Predators, so he's—he's he's been around before he got you know obviously set up with the Kings. But he's, he's always been a sturdy kind of like, you know, two-way guy. Not a really offensive player, but, you know. Parker, what are you? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, he was originally drafted by the Penguins in 2007, and then he went unsigned and returned to uh, his uh, minor league team. Yeah, I, again, he's, he's had a bit of a, sort of like a longer trip to the NHL, but, I mean, he's, it feels like he's been around forever. Like, once he got set up, like, he was set up. I think he'll benefit the Leafs. You know, I don't think that he needed another uh, left shot defenseman per se, but he definitely at least helps Ron Hinsey not play twenty minutes a night. I mean, he's a. The thing with him is that he's a very quality defenseman. He has a lot of uh, playoff experience being with the Kings, and another thing is that he provides the team with a lot of leadership because, like, a lot of the team is really young. So it's nice to have a veteran presence there to help tutor some of the younger guys, especially their younger defensemen. And uh, as Mike Babcock says, he's a real put your boots on and go to work kind of player, you know. <laughs> the, uh, Does he actually talk like that? Yeah, he's a good player. Just by looking at him, you could probably tell. Yeah. I, I don't know. I always get like a w- Willem Dafoe kind of vibe from him. From Mike Babcock? Yeah, I mean, he looks just, I mean, he looks just like him. Am I wrong? Uh, okay. Moving on. The, uh, okay. <laughs> we're just going to segue right past there. <laughs> Love you too, Parker. Um, the Nick Bukestad and Jared McCann to Pittsburgh deal for Derek Broussard. Finally, it, it's been a long time coming. Broussard obviously just wasn't clicking. Riley Shane's a bit piece and a larger deal. There are some picks involved, but I mean, ultimately, the deal is Bukestad and McCann for uh, Shane and, and uh, Broussard. So, what does everybody think about that, Jim? Um, th- this whole trade caught me off guard. I mean, I know Broussard was in the works of getting traded. Um, I mean, the fact that I got the the notification, it was, I think, something after one yesterday when uh, it came through, and then I heard that they were trying to play him that night because, you know, they're play both of them, rather, um, since they're already down to two centermen, which made it a little bit interesting come game time. But uh, Derek Broussard, yeah, I knew he was going. She, Shehan, um uh, honestly, it caught me caught me off guard as well because with the way he's been playing lately, um, kind of stepping up his game a little bit. So it's kind of sad to see him go. But uh, Bukestad and, and McCann definitely are going to help this team uh, big time. Hopefully down the the long run to the playoffs there. Yeah, I mean for sure. And I look at uh, they were talking. How they, I guess they wanted McCann real bad. That's what the, the GM of the Panthers said. 
I, I like the McCann deal. He's a young player. They're both controllable. And ultimately, McCann's a guy that I see, like, getting his career sort of rejuvenated coming to Pittsburgh. You know, maybe not like a top six center, but he's a guy that I think could be a very, like, what they wanted from Bassard, a high-end top nine center, yeah. and that'd be good. And, I mean, Bukestad, he's a big body, too. Oh, yeah, he is. And the, him on the four-check last night and even on the back-check on, on, you know, the penalty kill, I mean, he was, he was solid. He, he he played very well last night for his, his first game, and he you know he assisted on uh, Teddy Bluger's oh yeah first goal of his career, which was awesome to see. So yeah, I mean at the risk of sounding like homers, you know Pittsburgh obviously is a playoff team every year, and uh, it's definitely a, a big get for us. Um, that's the quick hits to start the show. So uh, now we got some topics we want to get to. We'll kind of go around roundtable style with a couple of them. Uh, the first and foremost one that we're going to talk about. Barry Trotz has sort of turned this Islanders team on its head. They went from a team without any sort of motivation or any sort of, like, work ethic, minus John Tavares and Matt Barzell, and they've become this, like, dig-your-heels-in your kind of team with this, I mean, I won't say less than talented roster, but they, I mean, they don't have a number one center, per se, except for Matt Barzell, who's, uh, you know, in his second year. Uh, what do you guys think? We'll start with Parker. Is Barry Trotz the best coach in the NHL right now? I mean, at the moment, I would have to say so. The Islanders were considered by Maine to be a bottom feeder, and they were going to be—they were projected to be in the basement in the Metro. And right now, they're leading the Metro, or at least they're tied for. I know they're somewhere really high up there at the moment. And if you look at a lot of the depth players, like uh, like Casey Sezikis or uh, like Leo Komarov, they're kind of having career years. I mean, or you're gonna say, "Oh, they only have 20 points on the season." And I'm like, "Yeah, but that's usually, that's like their career high." So right. it's like he's really getting the most out of a lot of the uh, younger players, especially like with the. Uh, Oh, that one defenseman that just got call, called up. Uh, Devin, uh, De- 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 Devon Taves? Devon Taves. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, he he looks pretty good. I mean, I know uh, Gino, the big uh, uh, Islanders fan here, I know he probably knows him a heck of a lot more than I do. Uh, what's your opinion on him and some of the other younger players on the team? Oh, yeah, no, they definitely needed the uh, an injection of youth because in the beginning, like a month or two, they were a little, little lackluster. But ever since... Lad went down with injury, and uh, Doc Cole came up, and Taze came up. They've been playing a completely different team. They're, I think, 15-3-2 in the last, like, 20 games or something ridiculous. And they're just so much more structured, so much more motivated. And after watching last season and this season, you can definitely tell Barry Trotz is a huge part of this team and why they are doing so good as they are yeah for sure i mean uh dylan how about you any thoughts i mean i know you've probably seen them play a couple times against the sabers this season i mean comparative to how they have been i mean we talked about this last uh last night gino actually between coaching styles of of nowadays trots and then what they used to have with uh uh yeah doug weight excellent player same thing, Gretzky. Excellent, excellent player. <clears throat> Table coach. But when they go to coach, it's like ah, they just they just can't get it. Yeah. But but now that they got Trots, and I mean Trots, I do like him obviously because Washington. So I mean, excellent. They're <laughs> they're doing better than than a lot thought they you know would. So yeah, and I mean, uh, how about you, Penny? You obviously have seen them play. Uh, I think once, right, the Leafs uh, had their, like, sort of reunion with uh, Tavares. So, 
Any thoughts? Penny had to leave. Oh, did he? Uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad he informed us of that. <laughs> he, yeah, uh, he put it. Yeah, he put it in the chat, and okay. he actually added you, but then he had to go. Okay. So. Well, uh, th- thank you, Penny, for joining the show today. <laughs> Talking we're, dead we're, air there. We're, we're glad for the two minutes you joined us for. <laughs> then we'll go yeah. right to uh, Jim. How about you? I mean, we've obviously seen him play. Go ahead. Yeah, it's. Um, Trotz has definitely, you know, turned them around. You're two points up on Pittsburgh right now in the the standings, so uh, it's it's going to be an interesting ride down going down to like the last couple games of you know the season going into playoffs to see who's going to get that top seed and whatnot. So, but yeah, Trot Trotz is it's kind of like how uh, uh, Dylan said last week with how Buffalo is playing this year. Mm-hmm. It's everyone kind of just said, okay, let's actually play hockey the right way. Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, I don't have much to add. Barry Trotz definitely, I, if he's not number one right now, maybe in the conversation for sure. I, I'm just excited to see, I mean, even as a rival team, what he's going to do with like guys like Oliver Wallstrom. And um, I mean, I know he doesn't really affect the goaltenders <coughs> very much, but they have that goalie. Um, he's, it, it's eluding my name right in my mind right now, but. Uh, Ramalana? Ilyas, Ilyas Sorokin. Sorokin, yeah. Oh, that's a good point, though, Parker. Uh, how about Robin Lehner having a, a bounce back year, too? I mean,. I kind of expected it because when he used to play in Buffalo, he always he had a save percentage of like upwards of nine fifteen. Yeah, and that 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 was more or less like a uh, uh, John Gibson situation where it's like oh he f- faced artillery fire every week, but he would always put up a really good save percentage. He he tried his best to try to get that Buffalo team wins, and that just didn't work. Yeah, I mean, um, it's nice to see him. Uh, he obviously had that article during the summer come out about how he had like a bit of you know mental issues, and it was just Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, it's obviously good to see him sort of perform now, and now that it seems like he's got everything cleared up in his life, he might be like a top 10 goal in the league. It's a little early to say it might just be a really good season. He's had a good track record, but, I mean, he could have won the Vesna this year. It, it'll all honesty. Yeah, I mean, like he's always had a track record of being able to stop the puck, yeah. but... It's like I would see him being a Vesna winner this year just because he just doesn't have the name recognition for it. Yeah. I mean, especially now if you look at like Mark Andre Fleury or like even Andre Vasilevsky, where they're both having similar, if not better, years than him. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess to sort of wrap the whole Trots discussion, uh, the only thing you could say is we're all sort of sipping that long on an iced tea, am I right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, ba- bad joke aside. Uh, another thing we wanted to get to today was the uh, 2019 Hall of Fame ballot. Um, obviously, I, I, I'm not going to be able to tell you out the top of my head who won last year, or who, sorry, not who won, who got in. This year, there's a couple big names, most notably uh, women's hockey icon Haley Wickenheiser is a near lock, if not a lock. On top of that, there's names like uh, Dan Alfredson, Alex McGilney, Jeremy Roenick, Rod Brindamore, uh, D- Theo Fleury, Vinny LeCavalier, Pierre Turgeon, Keith Kachuk, uh, that's just forwards. We'll get to the defensemen separately because there's a pretty cool stat I want to read off. Um, is there anybody you think that's a pure lock? Parker, I guess, start with you. Number, like, who's the one lock you see aside from like Wickenheiser? Probably Alfredson. Yeah. I mean, I want to say Cavalier so bad, but I think I can't see him being a first ballot Hall of Famer. True. Not with the... I mean, he just doesn't pass the eye test. Right. Um, Dylan, how about you? I think I know this one, though. Oh, did we lose Dylan? I'm here, I'm here. I'm sorry. I had my uh, I had the voice chat muted. Oh, yeah. Uh, besides, besides Wickenheiser, I'm, go- I'm not going to say Alfie. 
and I'm not going to say McGillney just because he played for us. Because, I mean, besides McGillney's 76-goal season, there's really not much else about him. Right. Um, I don't I don't think he ever won a cup. So, I, you know, it's not even good for him. Number, right? I don't think so. <clears throat> um, Ronick, same thing. Brenda Moore won one. Like, nah. Fleury, he might have won one with he, Calgary. Uh, yeah, I'm he won sure. with the Lanny McDonald era, yeah. Okay, yep. And then... Uh, same thing, Turgeon, and then Kachuk, like, nah, I'm going to have to say Cavalier, only because of the kind of brute force style that he brought in and then could still put up 50 goals and then 90, 100 points plus. Um, Add on the cup that he won, so, yeah, definitely. It it was Mario Saint-Louis who won the cup. By the way, it was really because of him, not because oh. of the Cavalier. Yeah. yeah, well, same thing. Um, how about you, Gino? Anybody you think is a luck on that list of forwards? I'm really surprised Jeremy Roenick isn't in the Hall of Fame yet. I really <laughs> thought he was already, yeah. to be honest. That that one surprises see, me. Is that your pick? Yes, I'm going to say him. How about you, Gino? Yeah, I'd probably say Roenick or uh, the Cavalier. Yeah. Um, but like Gino just said, uh Ronick, I, I thought he was Sherlock even years ago, but um, I'd say probably he'd be definitely one of them that gets in this year. I, I mean, personally, I think JR is a good pick, but uh, I got to say Pierre Turgeon. Fun fact, he is the most productive player and not yet inducted to the Hall of Fame, so that's why I say him. I think he'd be a good pick. Um, and, and here's the interesting fact about defensemen, because we're going to get to the defenses and goalies as well. Um, this, So this is from the ESPN stat department. This will be three years without a defenseman elected to the Hall of Fame. Um, so I think that's kind of weird. You know, I think there's a lot of good defensemen that could have made it. I want to say the last one was Lidstrom. I, I'm probably wrong. But to my knowledge, I think he was. Um, so some of the defensemen that were up, it's a much shorter list, is uh, Gonchar, uh, Lowe, Zubov, and Wilson. Out of that list, I don't know if there really is a Sherlock. It would, uh, you know. I mean, the best case you can make is Gonchar. But... Right, because he's like you know, the, the high-scored Russian defenseman, I think. I mean, even for goaltenders, um, Curtis Joseph was obviously one that I think would get in eventually. I don't know if he's a lock, per se. Chris Osgood, you can make the case for. And, I mean, Tim Thomas is kind of a weird one. Gino, you had something on Tim Thomas, right? I didn't think he had a Hall of Fame career, but that's just me, I guess. But I, I don't think it was that spectacular. He won a cup, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, he, he was sort of one of those weird ones where he didn't really play well until he was, like, 27. Like, he was a late bloomer. Yeah, his, uh... yeah he was definitely a late candidate but the prime of his career was when he hit 35 yeah like that's nuts you don't really hear about it and but then he just the with obscurity you know yeah but the thing is with him is yeah. that i think like there's a lot of recency bias with him too so that's why i would kind of try to stray away from him right i mean again he's another guy that just doesn't really pass the eye test for me yeah i agree um and, of course, the last category is the Builders, which, I, I, to my knowledge, I think these are just the two that they've picked. Uh, I don't know for sure. But the candidates were Jim Rutherford and Don Cherry. I didn't know Don Cherry wasn't in. I mean, he's been around for a while. You know, he was the coach of the Bruins. He played, I think, like one or two games in the NHL. I don't think he had a very long playing career at all. And, I mean, of course, he's, uh, you know, Don Cherry from you know, Hockey Night in Canada or whatever. I can't believe he's not in already. But, I mean, look at Jim Rutherford. He was a player, he was a goalie, a winning goalie. He, he won in Carolina as, as the GM. He won twice in Pittsburgh. I think he'll get in. 
Yeah, I mean, even um, Don Cherry, I think, you know, if he does get in, he should just get a maybe like his own section just by his, you know, the attires that, that you <laughs> know, we see on TV. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting, Rutherford, but uh, with the way he's, you know, he's built up Pittsburgh and uh, even working on, on Carolina, it's, it's Don Cherry, I definitely think he should get in this year, though. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess we'll see. It's one of those things where um, the Hall of Fame, just like any other sport, they always have a couple surprises, good or bad, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, uh, it's an interesting. Real quick, Berto. <clears throat> um, I just looked this up, actually. Um, McGillney won the Cup in 2000 with New Jersey. Oh, so, really? I have so, uh, Yeah. So, I guess he does have one. So. Yo, I, I always thought McGillney was a good player. Table, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't bad. He was yeah. definitely, uh, I think he averaged more than a point per game throughout his, you know, his uh, his playing time. So yeah, he's, I mean, he's good. a lot better than I thought, actually. So Yeah, yeah I mean, for sure. And uh, I, I guess another kind of short segue here from, um, Parker, do you want to say something? I know, I, like, I know, I, I, I really, I really, I'm sorry, I just really disagree with uh, the Lecavier picks. It's just I just don't see it because if you put him in the in the hall, you might as well put Danny Heatley in there too. And we all know he's not a Hall of Famer. Well, I mean, Vinny Lecavier, though, for better or worse, he was a good player for a while. I think what kind of um, sort of ended him was that bad contract. I mean, I wouldn't say he was a bad player at the end. He just sort of didn't live that contract, contract was an albatross. Yeah. Mm. It happens to a lot of Massive. players, you know? I wouldn't say that he's a bad player, though, because of it. He had a very good career. Yeah, but it's not... He wasn't, like... He wasn't exceptional. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, he was very good. But is he... Exceptionally good. Well, you know what I, I mean? I, you know like, what? Did he... Like, I don't really see him, like, standing above, like, like his contemporaries. I, I guess we'll find out this... Uh, was it this summer? I think they do it. So, uh, it should be interesting, though, for sure. Um, sort of like, like I said, a segue from uh, Haley Lukenheiser being one of the more notable, like, close to locks. Um, take a look at how women's hockey sort of grown. We touched on this at the start of the show. Um, you know, for a while there it was an afterthought, and now it's a top-notch program. You know, USA just won the uh, gold medal last year in the, was it the Olympics or whatever for women. I mean, they have a great program going there. You look at all the good players that are coming through the ranks, um, you know, like Kendall Coyne, uh, Amanda Kessel. Uh, Brianna Decker, obviously, just to name a few. So it, it's definitely cool to see. And uh, any thoughts on that? Um, I, I like how you know the sport of hockey for women is, is growing, you know, day by day. Um, I, I saw a few posts uh, on Facebook the other day of when someone's daughter saw Kendall Coyne in the I, I saw the that. fastest skater and said, you know, Daddy, I want to do that. And the guy said he he shed tears because. Never thought his daughter would, you know, want to get into hockey after seeing something like that. But um, I know that there has been talks that they want to combine the two leagues to make it, you know, just an equal thing. You know, and I think there was a, an issue with the, the whole pay rate and, and stuff as well. Um, but, I, you know, more power to them. Yeah, it, it's definitely cool to see for sure. And uh, I mean, that's the thing is it's like it, it's been a while coming, I think. You know, you have uh, Haley Wickenheiser and... Um, like Marie-Philippe Poulon, who sort of set the tone for the whole 
generation of women's hockey. And you're getting more notable names coming up now. And I think this All-Star game was a great start for that. Whether or not it was perfectly handled, you know, that's left to be seen. But it was a start nonetheless. Everybody's going to start somewhere. So, I mean, uh, but any other thoughts on that, Parker, or anything? No, I mean... That's basically the gist. There's not much to say. It's just, it's just really cool to see it happening. Sort of how well the NHL um, is growing to China. You know, you see uh, they're trying to do the the, um, with the preseason games over there. The KHL has the Kunlun Red Star. That's the first, like, Chinese or Japanese hockey team. Are there any Chinese players in the NHL? Um, I think some of the more notable ones. Well, I don't know if there's anybody directly from China, per se. There's a lot of, like, um, what do you call it, generations. Uh, I think Brad Park, back in the 80s, had some sort of um, ancestry with... Um, China and descent, and uh, Brad Brad Park was born. There. I think he was Korean. Yeah, he, or I'm I'm pretty sure he was born in either um, China or in Korea, but I don't really? think he was it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So gotcha. same with uh, same with Robin Regeer was born in South Africa. So, oh yeah. Or, so uh, I mean former- yeah. Former NHL Richard Park is, was born in South Korea. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, no, okay. He, yeah he is. Um, uh, there's a couple. I, I mean, I, off the top of my head, I think, uh, I don't know, like I said, a lot of it's ancestry. I, I, mean, I, I know uh, Ho Sang, he's part. Of, he's, I mean, he was born in Canada, but he has uh, ancestry. Chinese Jamaican ancestry. Jamaican ancestry. It's, it's, like, it's like Jamaican and Chinese and like Swedish. And, and he's also, I think, I believe it's Jewish. He's also Jewish. He's definitely, uh, I mean, talking about trend setting there, I, I think the only other really notable one, at least that I can think of, I want to say Aaron Asham uh, has at least some sort of ancestry. I might be wrong, but uh, I'm just trying to think. Was, didn't he have a little bit of like Native American that might have, him? That might be what it was. Regardless, I mean, it just goes to show you, there's, this is a new crop, though. Like, all these players we're talking about, aside from um, Park, are fairly recent, you know. And that's uh, why well, the game's growing. There's a player, uh, I, I remember, I think his name was like Trig V Many Guns. He's from uh, one of like the provinces up there in Canada. You got you know, native uh, players finally getting into hockey. A bunch of different countries, like obviously Germany's got a new program coming up. The NHL's finally growing. I think it finally got out of its own way. You yeah, know? It'd, be, it'd be cool to see a lot of players come from the Eastern Hemisphere. Cause, right. Like, I mean... I, like, I mean, considering we've had a lot of trouble even naming players from there, and considering that right, there's so many people live there too. Right. Yeah, I mean, for sure, it's like when when are you going to see the first Italian hockey player per se, or like um, uh, the uh, uh, I don't Vegas know. Vegas center. Uh, uh, he he was played with the Flyers. Bell uh, Bel- 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 I think he's French. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, he. Oh, yeah, he is French. Close enough. Life. I mean, you know, you're kind of <laughs> on the right track. I, I I take a look at um somebody sort of, uh, you know, not quite breaking the mold, but like Brendan Perlini. He's from the UK. I think he's uh, from like England or something. Or, or mm-hmm. you know, he's a uh, pick of the Arizona Coyotes. He was the like the highest drafted uh, you know British player to ever come over to the NHL. And that's again recent. Like you take a look at all these players, they're recent, and it's it's kind of cool to see the NHL finally growing and getting out of its own way. Well, aside from the NHL, what about going back to women's hockey? Like, is there any, like, women, like, in other different countries, like, such as, like, China and things that... I believe there is. I think there's a German national team that's sort of, like, the program's growing, and I think there is a a women's Chinese hockey team that's sort of, like... I'm trying to think to the Olympics last year. There was a couple teams that were sort of not traditional hockey markets, and it kind of shows you... I I can't think of any names off the top of my head. 
Um, but again, the fact that we're at least recognizing it makes you know it's it's a good thing because again, we're starting to see the NHL grow further. I mean, credit to the KHL too because they sort of started with the Kunlun Red Star. But yeah, I mean, back to the you know the women's hockey. There's their program's growing too, and it's finally because the NHL's starting to figure it out. You know? Yeah, and yeah you're, in you're, 2019, you would hope so. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're starting to see more NHL teams take shares of those like home teams because I know the Devils and I, was it the Riveters? Yeah, yeah. Are are like a combination there um, with the, uh, the Boston team. I their name escapes my brain right now, but um, I know there's there's a share. But. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I'd kind of like to see you know all the NHL teams. Minnesota even just they just uh, started a, a team with them last year for this season. So yeah, um, I, think, I think it's it's, it's it's slowly expanding. I mean, it's getting there, but um, you know, like it'd be pretty cool to see if like all the NHL teams could have a you know women's league to like represent them on. I actually that think side. I'm pretty sure Kendall Coy plays for the Minnesota team now that you mention it. I, I forgot what their team name is. I'll, I'll look it up, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that she does. Which again, you take a look, it's it's just growing, you know? It's good to see for sure. Um, any other thoughts on that, anybody? <laughs> uh, yeah, and just to quick follow up, Kendall Coyne does play for the Minnesota Whitecaps, so um, pretty, pretty cool. So the NHL is definitely growing. Uh, like I said, hopefully we see some players from you know, like like Parker said, the uh, like the far eastern countries start to come to you know play hockey and even women. I think by the end of at least the next couple of decades, you'll see a women hockey player and and you'll see hopefully like a bunch of new sort of cultures coming in. You know, that's how it all starts. It has to start somewhere. Speaking of non traditional hockey markets, one thing I wanted to touch on today um, was kind of the coolest non hockey market in the NHL right now, which is Nashville. We got to see it back when they were in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of personalities there, like P.K. Subban, who's just awesome. You like to see somebody in the NHL with personality. Uh, and, I mean, they, they talked about this all during the Stanley Cup final, too. Uh, like, just, like, everything they do down there. You know, it's known as a music city, obviously. But I saw, like, J- Jeremy Roenick had the hot chicken when he went down there for to, to call it. It's their 20-year anniversary in Nashville. Which I can't believe it's been down there that long. Uh, any thoughts on the Predators and, like, how far they've come in 20 years? I after the Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh, <laughs> it's I've grown a hate for Nashville. I don't know why. You know, Jess could attest to that too. I mean, just watching the games, it was. It's like, why are you a hockey town? But I mean, I'm not gonna. A little bit of animosity. From yeah, a, you know, <laughs> but just different. Yeah, people don't like different. Yeah, I, it's definitely cool to see, though. You know, I, I mean, there's a bunch of. Cities, I guess, that are not hockey markets. Look at Vegas, for example. But I, I guess it's a little easier to grow when it's Las Vegas. Yeah, and it's neat to have that um, sporting aspect to a town that you're used yeah. to just like, gambling and entertainment. <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah. It's a different kind of I mean, well, look at Vegas's you know pregame show. Just <laughs> their their whole like pregame event there is <laughs> is that's yeah. But don't they like bring out like a like this like castle? Yeah, they, like ride the through it. It's, like, their, it's something ridiculous. In their like second or third level is they've got like the drumming line c- come out of a castle and they got the siren up there and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, it's, during and, the playoffs last year they had like the knight come down and execute like some of the um, yeah. <laughs> so they had like the mascots. The, they also had like the ice like the what do you call it like, the lighting above like like the ice was cracking and stuff. It was really cool. So, I mean, Vegas definitely embracing their um, sort of weirdness, per se. No offense, Vegas. Weirdness. <laughs> I'd call it more of a gimmick, but... 
I mean, it's, it's cool to watch, yeah, but it does kind of get old after a while. I guess, you know. But they gotta attract fans somehow. So yeah, very true, very true. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely uh, d- definitely a fun team to watch, if anything else. And I guess people were a little afraid of Vegas get, sort of getting what they called the Vegas flu this year. You know, sort of uh, maybe going Soft down a little bit the standings. Yep. Yeah, um, yep. they, they're not really slumping. They started off a little rough, but Marco Andre Fleury has been a godsend to that team. So oh, he is amazing. He really is. Yeah, flower. Yep. Pouring out for flower, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's. I just wanted to throw that in there because it's it's the 20th anniversary of Nashville being an NHL team. Um, speaking of teams that are sort of not just hockey markets, uh, a little early today. We're gonna still call it the final whistle, but we're gonna be talking about the dream Seattle team. A little bit of a fun sort of roundtable discussion. I'm gonna go around grab everybody's thoughts. What is your dream Seattle team name and? Give me a mascot name, Parker. We're gonna start with you, right on the spot. Ah, oh. the uh, I don't know, maybe the totems. The totems. I don't know. That was a team oh, a while ago. Okay, yeah, let's go with that. Thought, yeah. Let's, uh, let's let's go with that. Any mascots? Or yeah, yeah. Go? What about a mascot? Just, uh, <laughs> just a big totem pole. <laughs> okay. Nice. Oh God. Um, you know what? <laughs> Like like how the uh, the Washington Nationals have the uh, the running of the the presidents, uh, yeah. the totems are going to have the the running, running of, of the totems. Totems. running of the totems. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know how about you? Uh, seeing as it's uh, there's the uh, naval shipyards, I'd say the Seattle Seamen is my <laughs> team name. A little uh, interesting team name. What would their mascot be? Oh, a sailor. That's all. Okay. Um, Dylan, we're going to sort of... How about the Seattle Sailors? Let, let's just... No. For lack of a better term. Let's just skip <laughs> right over that one. No, to... semen or bust. Uh, all right. I'm uh, starting to notice the trend uh, with the, you know... We're, we're going down that so road. So, Dylan, okay. let's go to you. Uh, Seattle Kraken. Yeah? Uh, I do like the oh, Kraken. I like that. It is kind of um, cool. And obviously, the mascot will be just a giant Kraken Cthulhu-looking, you know, mythical, <laughs> you know, you know, scaring, scaring everybody. <laughs> so, I, I like it. I like it, All Jim. Right. Good. Um, well, I've, I, you know, I've been stuck on this name ever since we created it on um, NHL a couple seasons ago. The uh, Seattle Sea Cows. Uh, oh yeah. Cr- credit to our buddy Nick Myers coming up with that name. Um, and just going to throw a wrench in the plans there for uh, a mascot. You know, it's usually just one person in the suit. Sorry to yeah. you know, any kids listening, just try not to phase that part out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, instead of one person in the suit, it's going to be a gigantic whale of five people. I'm, I'm about to control it. <laughs> sort of like the, uh, like the Chinese New Year, the dragon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I exactly. like it. Exactly. I like it. Jess, yes. how about you? I see you. Uh... Well, the only thing I associate Seattle with is rain, so we'll go with Seattle rain and, you know, a giant teardrop because they're just going to be sad. I'm glad I'm you said that. Because there's a mountain in Seattle called Mount Rainier. And I'm so glad we... you said that because that plays right into mine. I really do like the name Seattle rain, though, but it doesn't come off as a good hockey name. They're so. going to be the Seattle sound check because music, sound check, but you got to mix it in Mount Rainier. Right. Oh, so, so, oh, so their mascot is of course Mount Rainier. It's a giant <laughs> seven. <person. laughs> it's a giant seven-person mountain that descends from the ceiling and suplexes the other team's mascot before the game. I think you. And guess what? You want to know what the the tagline is? Rain pain. 
<laughs> I'm available to be hired, Seattle. Uh, if you're listening, uh, I will be your your advertisement <laughs> say. Do you do you have a name for this uh, mascot? So it's either this a, rainy. Yeah, either a seven foot mountain, a, uh, a five person whale, or you know a giant Cthulhu that just comes out of nowhere and sucks up. You can't you know. forget the teardrop either. Well, what would their AHL uh, team be? Um, the <laughs> wait, is, is there is there, is, is there an AHL team in Seattle? They don't have one yet. Um, no. l- l- let's. It's uh, like let's how, it's how Vegas right now let's is say, the, what, the Chicago Wolves. Well, if it's in Portland, you know what it's got to be? Of course. God Parker? God Blazers. You have a, you have a thought? Seattle Timberwolves. does have a minor league team. Seattle Thunderbirds. See, I'm thinking a little bit that's more. That's minor, minor. Yeah, that, that's, oh, that's minor, minor. CHL? Yeah. Think? I'm thinking yeah. more of like, you know, put, if there is an angel team. Maybe a little Chicago. more like Parker said the Timbers, but instead it's the Portland Redwoods, and their mascot is a giant tree oh. that suplexes the other team's mascot Redwood. before the game. Oh, you gotta stop yeah, with the suplexes, suplex. man. <laughs> we are making a theater. Can, can you stop taking all the mascots to Suplex City? WWHL? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yes. I think that's a great idea, personally. So we'll we'll get on that designing that. Look, man, Brock Lesnar tried the Try NFL. I don't want him to do the NHL too. Yep. <laughs> so I think we have some great ideas. Seattle, obviously, you can use any of those. Uh, I assume the trucks in the mail. Just let us know, you know. Uh, and the last thing we want to get to today. Sorry, second to last thing because we got a very special segment for Parker. But the last sort of hockey. Happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> not my, my birthday is the eleventh. <laughs> not that. Oh, but your birthday's coming up. The yeah, last, it was my dad's birthday yesterday. The last sort of hockey-related thing on the podcast today, we're going to talk about the college power rankings very briefly. So instead of going through the list of 70-some teams, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna hit... Vermont, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, question mark? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go just quickly hit you with... I'm going to hit your name. Give me your team. No explanation. Just give me your team. Okay? So... Uh, Parker's look of confusion tells me we should skip him. No, no, no. Okay, go. okay Parker, go on. Uh, Michigan. Okay, Dylan. Um, RIT. Okay. How about uh, Joe? Penn State. All right. How about uh, Gino? Um, um, Boston College. I'm gonna go with the last place team currently, Alaska Anchorage. Comeback is real. Are you kidding me? Let's go. I'm on the board. Alaska is a bad team, and they're in the freezing cold. I guess. Yeah, they are, are god awful. Listen. <laughs> Ironic. So, How bad are they? Uh, I think they're like <laughs> they're number like, 70. Like 2, and, 2 and 24. Yeah. Oh, they're doing fine. They probably Something have a roster. Maybe? Um, they're all frozen. Uh, hey, it is the Frozen Four for a reason. Right? <laughs> oh, you went right into that. So, University of uh, Alaska Anchorage. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm all aboard the Anchorage train, okay? <laughs> uh, so that's basically all the hockey for today's episode, I think. The one thing we want to get to for Parker, he wanted to talk about this in the last podcast. We're going to indulge him. So, it's a little out of season, but we're going to be taking a moment to appreciate Team Croatia. Parker, why don't you take us away? It all started in the year 2016. <laughs> What? <laughs> we're, we're going birth to death here today. Ah, uh, yes, Steve Croatia football from, from the 1800s on. The, the last time we give Parker a topic to oh. talk about. <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay, no, but uh, in the 2018 World Cup, uh, Team Croatia made it all the way to the World Cup final and then lost to France. But it was a really nice Cinderella story for a country that has 4 million people there. 
and it was just really exciting for me because I'm probably like one of the few people that actually point out on a map. I mean, I like to think that uh, Parker's love affair with you, Croatia, began with the captain, Luka Mildrich, who is close to my heart because of... Uh, Personally, I actually, I got into uh, Mandzukic first before I learned of Mo- Modric, but uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Merida Mandzukic is a good person to get into. I like Daniel Subasic. I thought his sort of like, you know, fire and brimstone attitude is kind of cool to watch. You know, listen, I know this is your segment, but I'm, I'm glad we get to appreciate Team Croatia. Yeah, it, w- it was just really awesome to be able to see. And even though the bracket they were in could be considered the weak bracket, it was still kind of awesome to see it happen. Yeah. Um, the one more thing we're going to get to today on the show, which is I, I know we're sort of going a little bit of, out of order here. I think the whole mascot suplex thing kind of threw us off a little bit. But uh, I know we're going to talk about the Super Bowl predictions again. Uh, last week, we just sort of gave our general prediction. Um, so we're going to go around the table one more time. Uh, give me your, your your boldest prediction. Instead of, like, teams, because we sort of talked about that last week. Give me, just give me your boldest prediction, maybe an MVP or, uh, you know, what do you think is going to happen? So, Parker, we'll start with you. Tom Brady's going to have two rushing yards. Oh, boy. Gino? That I don't doubt. Gino? Wait, what are we predicting? Boldest Super Bowl prediction. Blow me away. Oh, boy. Um, Gronkowski, uh, he's still playing, just so you verify, right? I'm not an idiot. I think so. Yeah, he was, he's, still he's still breathing. Right. He's going to tear, tear his ACL in the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. Ooh. A little dark. Dylan? Um, I think Gronk will actually Gronk spike Brady into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> These predictions, I like. I, w- I would pay to see that, Jim. Yep. Um, let's see. Cameron Fleming, one of our defensive tackles, is gonna. There's gonna be a, an injury to uh, one of our running backs. They're gonna put him in. He's gonna rush for 200 yards uh, we'll easily. Go, we'll go to uh, Just. I love fullbacks. <laughs> okay, we're bringing it back. We'll, we'll, we'll go <laughs> Just again. <laughs> Brady and Gronk announce their retirement. Ooh, that'd be fun. Uh, I'm gonna go with Boulder. It's XFL season. Uh, yes. I'm thinking. <laughs> yes. Bill Belichick. Smiles. Smiles. Suplexes yeah. the Patriots mascot. Can you stop it with the <laughs> suplexes? Can you can you think of another wrestling term to, to come up with? Like um, please. He, 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 with, no. with, without hurting yourself. Um, <laughs> the steam's coming out of his ears. The the <laughs> the gears are turning. Yeah, gears are grinding. <laughs> the STFU. That's the thing that John Cena used to do, right? Yep. The, what? the STFU. Yeah. Submission yeah. move. Yeah. Bobby Lashley. <laughs> okay, you could cut that whole part out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess that's sort of uh, sort of it for today. I know we got a little off topic, and by a little, I mean suplexing. But, uh... You mean uh, ACL. Uh, this is sort of uh, the you know how Daffix is going to go. So, you know, last week was a little more organized. We're going to try to be a little bit more free on the fly, have some fun. That's what the show is all about, after all. So uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, we have one more thing from Jess. What was that? Dylan not having a Twitter. Oh, thank oh, you yeah. for reminding me. Yes. Thank you. Um, make sure uh, tonight, after everyone listens to the episode, go on Twitter and tweet out hashtag no Twitter Dylan. Because friend of the show, Dylan, the one of the lovely hosts here today, uh, does not have a Twitter, and I can't tag him in our uh, staff section on the Twitter. Nope. So 
Uh, let's hopefully make him make one. Yeah, let's get it so trending. Just make sure when you at everybody, just make sure you put that that delicious hashtag there. All right. Hashtag no Twitter Dylan, and from this point on, he'll be known as no Twitter Dylan until he makes one. And just to clarify, <laughs> Dylan is D I L L O N. Yes. Yes. Like, like the pickle. Um, <laughs> so th- thank you, Jess, for reminding me. D I L Y N. Okay, oh, we're, we're done. We're, we're, we're done here. Uh, that, that's our <laughs> show for today. Thank you all for joining us here on Daft Picks, and we will see you next week for our, uh, our actual Super Bowl episode when we do the recap. Let's go, Patriots! So uh, that's our show. Thank you everyone for joining us, and uh, stay beautiful.